Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hear Me See Me podcast is sponsored by Zenoti, the number one cloud software for salons and spas. Because when people feel good, they find their greatness. I am Stuart Roberts, and I'm really excited to introduce my new podcast, Hear Me See Me. It's just over five years ago, I did something that changed my life. What it did, more than I could have ever realised, it helped me. I have met some absolutely amazing people. Some of the people that work in some of these places, many of them are volunteers, but some of them, it is their job. I'd had this idea after being inspired by a guy in America I'd seen cutting hair on the streets and seeing the difference it made to the guys who were there. This is more than a job. This is a calling. Hello, this is Stuart from Hear Me, See Me podcast, and uh, this is our first podcast on the new Zoom format. So hopefully we're going to get the YouTube going and you'll be able to watch us as well as listen to us. And today's guest is a wonderful woman, Jane DeFrancesco, who is our team leader for Haircuts from Amherst, Birmingham. Hello, Jane. Hello, Stuart. How are you? I'm good. I'm good, thank you. Now, we recently joined you, didn't we, for our first first um, project again after the, the, the pandemic. So, yeah. You know, I mean, it was lovely to see everyone and to be back at that wonderful City Road mission. Right? You know? Yeah, yeah. How was it for you? Oh, it was it was wonderful, wonderful. It was. Um, I keep in touch with the centre all, all during down lockdown because um, Paul actually managed to keep the centre open during lockdown, um, and um, the men were were dealt with and looked after. But so many of them had spent so much time alone. Um, and when I was chatting to them, that was the, the biggest thing that came out was that they were lonely, really lonely, even the ones that had been found, you know, uh, accommodation. So um, it was really just lovely to see them all again. And I think they were very excited to see us, too. Well, Jane, uh, tell me, like, before we, we talk more about that, tell me, go back to, like, um, you know, I don't know how far back. I'll be a gentleman. But <laughs> let's, uh, let's go back to what you know. What what took you into hairdressing? Oh, that's a very strange tale. Um, <laughs> I, um, I've been in hairdressing forty five years, and um, I uh, I went home uh, one day and told my dad that I would was thinking sort of sort of looking at university that was something that was nothing in my family nobody went to university in my family I come from a very working class Birmingham background and people worked in factories and they you know university was something nobody ever talked about and my father told me the only university I needed to go to was the university of life (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so that was my uh, my uh, education cut short. Um, I left school at 16 and um, I am passionate about horses. I've ridden horses most of my life. Um, 
that that sort of goes against my Birmingham background because again I come from a very city focused family with with no um, horsey farming kind of background but the uh, the greatest connection my dad had with horses was the bookies Ah. And uh, <laughs> and uh, um, when I was uh, 11, 12, he came back from the races very, very drunk. And um, my mother had to put him to bed. And while she was doing that, found his pockets stuffed full of money, <laughs> absolutely rammed full of money. And he had had a good win at the, at the races. And with that money, they bought me my first pony. Oh. So um, that was my my passion, and I went all through the pony club, and and it opened a completely new world to me. So when I wanted to leave school, it was either university or work with horses, and my father didn't approve of either. So by the time September came, I left school in the June, September came, he came home and he said, if you think that you're going to sit around for the rest of your life doing nothing, you've got another thing coming. And my mate, Tommy Webb, has got a big salon in Solihull and they're desperate for staff for the Christmas. And Monday morning, I found myself in a hairdressing salon in a place called Solihull, which for those from the West Midlands know it's a very affluent, very toffee-nosed area. And I just had a complete culture shock. Here I was, this Birmingham kid in the middle of this very posh, highbrow hairdressing salon, and I hated it. <laughs> absolutely hated it I wasn't love at first sight then <laughs> absolutely not absolutely not and of course being the newbie and um the temp as well for just for the Christmas period I had to I had a very uh, strange relationship with a hot point twin tub that I had to wash all the towels every Saturday afternoon on my own and you know with the old mangle and lifting it out and putting it in the spinner and and all that sort of thing. And I thought, people do this for the rest of their lives. There was no way, no way I wanted to do it. Um, and it, it's just fate, isn't it, Stuart, really? I mean, sometimes life just, just brings you to a crossroads. And after the, the New Year's rush, I left. And thank God to leave because I didn't want to be there. Um, but they phoned me back in the January and offered me an apprenticeship. And my father, being uh, old school and, and, you know, in trade, said an apprenticeship it will set you up for life. You do this five-year indentured apprenticeship, and if you still want to go and shovel muck in horses' stables, you can do it with my blessing, but only if you've got a trade behind you. And the rest, they say, is history because it's been a, a real love affair. I absolutely fell in love with it. And I've never regretted a day from that no. day. No, it's an but, amazing industry, isn't it? You know, yeah. Like, yeah. Oh, yeah. Amazing. I'm full of amazing people. And, um, yeah, I, I don't regret it at all. And it's given me a fantastic life. Yeah. So, you yeah. Guys- you first reached out to me, uh, I think, via email, or, or I, I can't remember. My brain isn't that great anymore. But <laughs> you, you, but you were already work. You was already already working with the homeless, weren't you? You was already doing uh, the street delivery. Tell me about that. 
Yeah, yeah. So, um, so, so, you know, going on fast forward, um, after I, um, my children had all grown up and left home, like, and I'm sure a lot of mums that might be out there listening to this can relate to this, all of a sudden, I wasn't quite needed as I, as I had been. And I'd always had an affinity with the homeless. I'd always, uh, my kids will tell you, I was always giving people cups of coffee in doorways and talking to people. And just generally, I mean, I grew up, as I say, in Birmingham with a coal fire no central heating I used to put my school uniform on under my blankets in bed because it was too cold to get out and get dressed in the morning so I did have a have an affinity with um with uh, the homeless and so for a couple of years I worked with a church organization through the church my husband went to called St Vincent de Paul and we used to do a soup kitchen in Birmingham um, and, and take food out on the street. And then they folded up for varying reasons. And I reached out to a, an organisation called Help the Homeless in Birmingham, which were a face group. Uh, I found them on face group. Uh, and I just start, started to go out with them. And I liken outreach, that's what we call it when we go on the street, to almost like the front line, you know, when... Um, uh, refugees arrive in um, in England, and it's their first port of call is to feed them and to clothe them and to to just look after them, and that's what outreach is all about. It's the first line, um, and I, I love doing that. I love engaging with the guys on the street and and chatting and listening to their stories. And and as hairdressers, you know, we're, we're quite good at sort of just starting up conversations and 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 listening. And um, and then I got um, involved with Paul, that runs the centre where we do our haircuts for homeless, because he was running the centre and trying to liaise with all the outreach teams so that he was connecting with us, making sure we were okay, making sure that um, we weren't overlapping, just trying to really coordinate all the the teams out there. Um, I started to connect with him, then I went up to the centre to see what he was doing. And around about that time, you were sort of, doing haircuts for homeless. I was seeing stuff on social media and in the industry of some of the stuff that you were starting off and doing. And I just knew that the centre that Paul had got would just be an ideal situation for, for us to do. Um, and so, yeah, I, I actually, I think I'm, I, I messaged you and I think it was ages and ages before you got back to me. <laughs> <laughs> There's a real theme going on about. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, but I kept going. I kept going. Yeah. I kept messaging you, and I kept kept going. And eventually, yeah, we did um, manage to to get together and uh, spoke to Paul about it, and said, would he think it was the kind of service that some of his uh, people would like? And he he was on board straight away. He he's. Um, yeah, it's all about giving these guys a, a homely atmosphere, a sense of pride in themselves, and 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 that just linked into what he was trying to do uh, beautifully. So yeah, and that's when we we eventually got you into Birmingham, and we yes. set up Haircuts for Homeless Birmingham. So yeah. about three years ago now, I think. Yeah, I remember it. Yeah, yeah, and and, and it's testament to Paul in the centre that he's still going strong. Even oh, absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Absolutely. Well, I'm lucky enough to add, uh, Paul's going to come on the podcast as well, so he's going to tell us about his work. Yeah, he's got an, an incredible backstory as well, so I'm not, yeah. that's why I'm not saying too much about no. that, because it'll be a really, really good and interesting podcast with, the, yeah. with him. He's an amazing guy. Well, and that's the thing. I think it's not, it, it's the obvious thing it, that links us all is our, our love for doing this. And, but the story generally is about what, what is about us and our life that draws mm-hmm. us into it, you know, like, and why are we connected and why do we do these things? And it sounds like your upbringing gave you, because it, you know, it, it gave you the, 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 the affinity with people who have not got everything, you know? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. well, as I say, when I, when I first arrived in Solihull, I, I, I mean, I just couldn't believe that people existed like that. I couldn't, I couldn't believe the size of the houses. I couldn't believe the kind of cars they were driving. It was just... Um, you know, it's ironic, isn't it? Because I live there now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you posh girl, you. <laughs> oh, I know. <laughs> um, oh, you're so posh. <laughs> I've gone right posh, I have. Um, but, um, yeah, it, it, it's mad, really. But it was, it, was really, it was really a big learning curve for me because I didn't realise that there were people that were so affluent and, and, and it really, you know, and even more so over the last 45 years, the, the thems that have and the thems that has, has not has got wider in my estimation, um, you know. So, yeah, I mean, Soli Hall's been fantastic for me because it's made me, it's given me a living, you know, that's where I've made my living, you know, so, um, and that's where I live myself now, but, you know, you don't forget your roots, Stuart. You never forget no. your roots. <laughs> no, and yours are looking great, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> oh, thank you. <laughs> you didn't tell me I was being filmed. It's a good job I did them the other day. <laughs> um, I mean, talking about that, I mean, I've noticed it a lot. And um, I think there's a real balance between, I think it's such a positive thing for people to get on in life, to be motivated to get on. Yeah. yeah. However, said, having said that, then... Um, it's been aware of that that other people haven't got those circumstances, but with it, I don't know. It's that balance, isn't it? It's finding the balance yeah. all the time, you know. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it is. It is the balance. It, it, it is. It's the you. You've got to look. Everybody aspires to do better. Everybody aspires to achieve more for their families and than what they had themselves. I mean, you know, my whole drive and purpose in life is to give my three children a better life than than I had myself. And I, and, you know, and you work hard and and with working hard and making money and having a successful business, it does enable you to have better things, nicer things. Um, you know, and a better standard of living. But you must never, never forget your roots. Keep your feet well, well on the ground and understand that if it wasn't for that moment in time that Peter Webb, um, who was an amazing hairdresser, I mean, his father was uh, the manager of the British World Cup team for years and he was a global ambassador for Schwarzkopf and we did shows and, you know, I've had a fantastic um sort of life in the hairdressing industry, um, it's realising that if I had turned that job down, where, where would I have been? Where would I, you know, I might not be in Solihull, you know, and that doesn't matter. That doesn't matter. No. But, you know, um, it, it, life gives you these twists and turns and, it, and it's just about taking them. But 
and and be aspirational, but never forget who you are. Yeah. Never I forget. Who... Sorry. No, that's okay because I, I was just going to say that you know it's it's so easy for any of us to take that wrong turn, and a couple of things happen, and we can be in the situation that the guys that we're dealing with are in. Yeah. It's so easy. So easy. I mean, I- that's my thing. I mean, my, mine obviously is, as you know, I, I was very close to it myself. And it's only, you know, <laughs> by the grace of God that I changed my life around. You know, like it, it, but it could have so easily gone the other way. And when I'm, when I'm with those guys that that we see, it, it, I look at it's looking at myself. It's looking yeah. at my other slide. You said about sliding doors moment, and I see my mm-hmm. other my other path that. It would have yeah. been, you know, so yeah. easy for me. And so it's so many people. I meet people, uh, and you do as well, that it, they're not the stereotypical homeless person. You no. Know, they've come from a great job or a great background, and it's just a couple of little, like, knocks have yeah. took them all the way down very quickly. Have you found yeah. that? Oh, yeah, definitely, definitely. I mean, I'm, I've known people that have had you know, million pounds hairdressing salons one minute and the next minute they've got nothing. And it can happen to anybody and, 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 and it can be caused through bad luck or, um, you know, a, a, of course, addiction is, is a big thing, but you only get addicted because you've had bad luck and, and, it, and, and it's that, that, that sort of vicious circle. And um, addiction is, is a massive thing, a massive thing. And it's, it's, Unless you, you've been in the throes of addiction or know somebody really close to you that's had um, problems with addiction to anything, um, it, it, you don't really understand what a grip it has on people and how, how, how it influences their lives. Because we're, we're very quick to judge, aren't we, as, as, as human beings? We're very quick to, oh, well, he should have done that and, well, they shouldn't do this or they should have stopped drinking or they should have stopped taking the drugs. But, you know, <laughs> it's easier said than done. And um, we have to try and understand what led these people to, to this situation, really. Um, and that's why when you're cutting their hair, as all the hairdressers out there know, there's something about hairdressers because they just open up. They just open up. And sometimes you can just hit on a tiny little thing that will just give you that glimmer of hope that you think this person's got a chance now. Now we can run with it. Now we can help them see the right people, talk to the right people and half. All they need is that chance, that that teeny weeny little chance, and it's just being receptive to it and 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 opening yourself up to it. And I think hairdressers are incredible at doing it. Yeah, we're doing I, it all the time. That's my experience. <laughs> you know that that, that people it, it, they're so nervous about joining us, and when they they just yeah. fall into it. They're su- yeah. such natural communicators. Yeah. Very rarely, you know, I get the very tiny percentage who, who try it with us once and then say it's not really for me. And I love that, you know, it's great that they realise that and then don't yeah. make themselves. Uh, but it's yeah. a tiny minority. Hairdressers in general are, are perfect for this type of work. Yeah, they are. They are. I mean, we're incredible human beings, really. I think we are anyway. <laughs> you know, we're, we're, we're compassionate. We're, we're understanding. We listen. We're, you know, we, we've got a lot of skills that we don't actually tap ourselves on the back for. And I think through lockdown, 
it has really shown, you know, I can't bear it when people say, oh, I'm just a hairdresser. Really? Really? Because there's so many more facets to being what we are. And, and we've proven through lockdown that everybody, no matter where you stood, queuing in the supermarket, queuing outside the post office, everybody was saying, I can't wait till I see my hairdresser. Oh, I can't wait. I've got an appointment. Have you got an appointment? No, I haven't got them. And, and all the conversations were about hairdressers. Yeah. And it's not just about having your hair done. Yeah, you need your roots doing. Yes, you need your hair cut. But it's that connection. Some of my older clients in their 80s and 90s, I'm the only person they see all week. And so, you know, they pour it all, you know, they want to talk because they, they you know, they haven't spoken to anybody all week. So we, we do an incredible, incredible community service absolutely incredibly and if only we get paid the same as the therapies <laughs> <laughs> yeah there's that old meme in there you know go to your hairdresser's the cheapest therapy you'll find <laughs> absolutely absolutely but it's it's very true and we are we are we're perfect we're perfect for it most definitely i mean we as, as i've often said we we always take someone home with us from the sessions has there been anyone that you've you know that sticks in your mind uh, i know we, we never mentioned names and things no um but there, there are so many stories is there, is there any that's connected to you um i suppose that the, the the one lad who is always waiting in the queue when we when we get to the center he's always first in the queue and he won't let anybody else cut, cut his hair but me and he hasn't really got an awful lot of hair to cut but he's he's always there and he He's just um, a lost soul. All he wants is somebody to love and somebody to love him back. And he reminds me, you know, of so much of, of one of my sons. I just want to hug him and tell him it's all right that, you know, he, you know, and he, he struggles with a crack cocaine ad addiction. He's not seen his children for years. He's been estranged from his ex-wife. He's been in and out of prison. And, and all the rest of it. But we, we can have some quite meaningful conversations, he and I. He's not a silly guy at all. In fact, he's, he's quite intelligent. And, we, we, you know, we've talked about, you know, the, the, the COVID situation. We've talked about Trump. We've talked about Boris. We've talked about quite sort of like um, current events. And, and he's got quite a lot to bring to the table when you're talking to him. But it's just this... This addiction just pulls him back every so every so often, and he, and I don't know whether he'll ever he'll ever get out of it. But I just like to think that sometimes when we're just chatting, and and he promises me that he's not going to do this and he's not going to do that for a while, and I don't know, I I just got a bit of an affinity with him really, and yeah. I I just try and help him every time I I sort of every six weeks when I connect with him, I just try and keep everything he does positive I really boost him up because I need him to feel that there's somebody out there rooting for him in a way really yeah, yeah. you know and that's uh, that quite so that's, it's so important you know yeah feel, when you're in those positions to feel like someone's on your side yeah I, I was lucky you know like I, I I still had my family um I had people around me that 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 we're doing that and, and in spite of that you still sabotage 
Yeah. yeah, that's a frustrating thing of people, and you'll see the guy. Don't stop you loving him, like don't stop you giving him, showing him human love, because that's what you're, that, and that is what you're giving him. You know, yeah. there's no two ways about it. You're not just taking an interest; you're showing him human love, and I think that's so important. People understand that you know when we say it's more than just a haircut, and that's because yeah. we're showing people this love. Uh, yeah, because they feel so alone in the world. You know, if you've sat in a doorway for the best part of five years on and off and, and, and nobody has, you know, bothered, somebody might give you some food, somebody might buy you a sandwich, somebody might give you a cigarette or whatever. But it's by going to the centre and coming every six weeks to have their haircuts, it's a bit like our clients in the salon. They're actually starting to connect. And then when you see them six weeks down the road, you, you ask them how their kids are or how this is, you know, and, and you, you do the same with the homeless guys. How, how have you got on in the last six weeks? What, what's, what you've been up to? And, and anything positive they do. And then Paul will help them and get them on the benefits or get them on the – and they're so proud when they've moved a step forward, you, you know, and you can, you can praise them up and encourage them and – and it's just, they want to tell you. They're, they're coming in, they sit down, they're having the haircut, but they want to tell you what's happened over the last six weeks because they know you're interested, because they know you care. Mm. You know? I think we saw that when we first go back, that when we first went back to Birmingham, when I'm going back to places for the first time, it's the welcome we're receiving. I mean, yeah. literally, I'm, I'm nearly in tears sometimes. And, uh, you know, I recently had it at St. James's in London. And it, this, this guy... Uh, Mike, it just it just like blew me away, you know. So pleased, genuinely pleased to see me, you know. Like, um, it, it, it you can't it, it it does us so much good, doesn't it? Oh, I tell you what, we probably get more out of it than they do. Because yeah. I come out of there buzzing. I buzz for the whole day. I do. It just. I come out of there buzzing because it's just so uplifting and so rewarding. Um, and as you say, that you know, but like our customers in the salon, they love to see us just because they're homeless. It doesn't make them any different. You know, they they're just as happy to see us whether they're homeless or not. Yeah, and I think that's a crucial thing that we've. I mean, it's difficult at the moment. It's a challenge, but we've always wanted to make it the same as the salon experience mm. as much as possible. And that's why before lockdown, you know, we didn't used to wear gloves and we, you know, it was so much trying to add that human contact. Yeah. Obviously now we've, we've had to change and we're, we're being safer than safe. And we're, we looked at, you know, so we, I'll make sure as much as we can, we, we, we go over and above so that we can keep going out there. Mm. Mm. Oh yeah, yeah. I must admit, I felt very, very safe when we when we went back. Um, yes, it's a pain wearing all the PPE. I mean, you know, people in salons are struggling all over. But I just when I when I'm feeling a bit down about it, when I'm whether I'm in the salon or in the centre or you know just generally trying to work with all this PPE on, I just keep thinking the nurses did it. Yeah. The nurses did it. Come on, the nurses did it because you know when you look at some of those surgeons and some of those nurses. I've got, 
a client who's an intensive care nurse at the Queen Elizabeth Hospital in Birmingham, which is one of the biggest hospitals. And some of the stories that she's told me about them having black eyes from from the from the goggles and, and rashes from the masks. And, and I think, come on, people, you know, we're not doing anywhere near the hours that they're having to do. Yeah. So it's it is what it is. And we just have to to adapt and get on. And and you know what? The hairdressing industry is is great at adapting. It's great at, at, at dealing with because we're dealing with people and situations all the time. And I and I think, you know, um I just miss giving them all a hug, but because yeah. I'm a hugger. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. <laughs> yeah, you know, I'm a bit of a hugger, so I find that really, really, really difficult. But I think the men, um, I don't know what the impression you got when you were at the centre, but I found the men were very respectful. They they queued up to come in. They were all happy. Nobody complained about wearing a mask. They sat while we dressed them all in their in their disposable gowns. And, and you know, they, they were so pleased just for us to be there that they didn't jeopardise anything that we were trying to do and were very supportive. And I was quite humbled by that, really. I was quite humbled. Me too. I, I've got to give uh, ultimate praise to Paul and his team because uh, they've inst- they've instilled such a great uh, atmosphere in there. And yeah. as you say, you know, it was responsibility. I think that's the thing. It's And yeah. this is what we need from, you know, if we can continue to work, we need responsibility from the centres and the people running it and our teams because we just want to keep doing it. You know, yeah. it's not like... You know, we're a little bit rebellious hairdressers and we, you know, I don't do this, I don't know that. But it, we really, you know, it's a matter of, it's crucial because without it, we, we're not going to be able to go. And uh, Birmingham was, a, was, you know, that that centre was a great example of, of keeping us safe and enabling us to do our work. Yeah, yeah, because they so desperately want us there. I think Paul can see the benefit that the Haircuts for Homeless is doing for his guys. They, I, I mean, they'll message me a week before, are you, are you still coming? And I, yeah, yeah, fine, because the men are obviously already asking, you know, is Jane and the girls coming? Are they coming? And and, and so and it, it just gives them this sense of um, community, this sense of uh, family, really. That's what Paul's trying to create in the centre, is a is a, a family atmosphere. And, and I think he, he does very well at achieving what he does. And there's a lot of respect for him as well because he doesn't stand for any nonsense. And he's had some pretty, I won't say too much, but pretty bad situations at times um, because dealing with these people, it can be quite volatile at times. But um, there is enormous respect for him, and uh, and that's why I think the centre runs so well. And they're very respectful to us as well as a team. You know, they know that we're coming in to do this for them. And you know, if they don't behave, if they don't um, respond in a certain way, then we d- we're going to be stopped. And they so desperately want us to be there that you know they 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 go out of their way to to make sure that you know we're okay. I mean, my sister Belinda was with us and she, you know, I'll give her a big shout out, Belinda, because she's... Yeah, Belinda's great. Hi! Hello, Belinda. (laughs) She's she's actually become the hardest working in a way because it used to be she was in the background and now 
she's the one at the beginning with the COVID form and the temperature yeah. gun and the, yeah. the gowns. And she's actually now that us, especially that was great. That was four of us there. Good, lovely big space. So we, we could have four of us working. And, yeah. Uh, but she's like really running around, and she oh, exactly. we all every project now needs a Belinda, doesn't they, to do that stuff? Absolutely, at the absolutely, yeah, yeah. yeah. But I, I'm lucky in Paul's situation; he's got quite a few volunteers that you know we could sort of draw on on somebody else. But Belinda did a great job because we were all a bit nervous, all a bit unsure of how it was going to pan out. I think the guys were even nervous because they were desperately wanting to come in and get their hair cut but you know they've been told they've got to wait and they've got to do this so everybody was a little bit nervous and a little bit unsure but I mean once they started coming in and, and Belinda was you know sending them down to get their hairs cut it ran like clockwork didn't it it was it, it was really good yeah and really uh, good we, we obviously me and Belinda get in the car after and we have a chat and it was one of those that instantly we both said it's going to be fine yeah, yeah, that one's going to be fine, you know, because yeah. we 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 have to be in a person. It's almost like starting from scratch that we've got to go yeah. and open every single one. And there's some that, like yours, we feel absolutely hundred percent confident it's going to run exactly as it should. Some yeah. it's like we think we might have to sort of get back there and and make sure. Yeah, uh, and it, it's not because people don't want to. Some people. Um, I don't know, they're just not as organised or So a lot of it's the centres, you know, like yeah. some of the centres yeah. are more supportive than others. And to the yeah. point where our things are at the moment, if the supporter isn't, if the centre isn't supporting us, we've got to pull out. You know, there's yeah. been a couple recently and we said, look, we can't go back there because without us, we can maintain it, but we can't trust that our team are going to be looked after. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I totally get that because that was one of my first things when I spoke to Paul about it. I said, you know, if I'm going to be talking, if I'm going to get these hairdressers to come with me, I mean, look, I've got experience with homeless people. I've done it for a long time. So I've seen it all. I've broke up fights. I've, I've got in the thick of it when it's all kicking off and, and, you know, and I've dealt with people that are spaced out on stuff and, you know, but not everybody has been exposed to that and, and people are apprehensive about coming. And I said to Paul, you know, I've got to guarantee the safety of these people. You know, I'm bringing them into the centre. They're helping me do something. Um, and I've promised them that they will be safe. And, and I have had girls sat in the car outside scared to go in because they're, it's the, it's the, um, the fear of the new, the, the, you know, they, they don't know what to expect. But I try and brief them as best as I can, the new volunteers and um you know, but I know that Paul totally supports us and has always got our back. If something, yeah. you know, happens, he's got our back. We're, we're put in a position where we're out of the way and he deals with what, what is going on. So, yeah, I feel 100% safe going in there and I totally trust them all, totally trust them all. Well, that's an advert now. For We're getting quite a lot of centres contacting us at the moment. Okay. And, uh, so... Listen to this if you're listening. <laughs> That's <laughs> this is what you've got to do. You know, like you, if you want us to, we'll go. But if you want us to come back, this yeah. is the type of thing we need and the support. Yeah, you, you have got to show your support and you've got to make people feel safe because people, look, people are doing this on their day off. Mm. Some people are actually having a day off extra just to come and do it. So if they're putting themselves out to that extent, um, 
you've you've just got to support them and 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 you know keep them safe that's the main thing because when you do work with homeless people a lot it almost becomes how can I say if it kicks off then you're not that worried about it because it's not normal but you've you've seen it before and but if you're somebody that has never been in that situation has never dealt with somebody that's off on substances or, you know, um, got an, a, an anger management problem or whatever. You, you just don't know how to react to all that. Mm. So this is where the, the centre uh, and Paul and his volunteers come, come into effect. They, they, they leave us alone to do the, the haircuts, but they're always watching. They're always watching. Yeah. I know he, he never leaves us. He might not be in the room, but he ain't left us. No. He knows what's going on. And this is, you know, what you've got to be aware of. And some centres, in all fairness, there's a huge centre in the middle of Birmingham, which I did look at initially, but it is so busy. And they've got so much going on there that there's no way you can contain situations. And I thought, no, that's not going to be the right place because they just won't have the people and the, the, the where for all. To, to keep us safe if any, if we needed to. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah it's an instinct thing, isn't it? I mean, me and yeah. one recently in London and, you know, just uh, if I didn't feel comfortable, there's no way I'm going to let a team go in there, you know. No, um, no, so, you can't. Yeah, because, one. But we, we, we give everyone a chance. And we've got – sorry. I was just going to say they're volunteers. They're doing it out yeah. of the goodness of their heart, you know. And yeah. you, you can't – you can't put them in positions that are going to make them feel uncomfortable or vulnerable or just even uneasy. They've got to feel happy. I think to clarify as well that um, even though these things do happen, they're quite they're quite uh, far between, aren't they? It, oh gosh, yes. Yeah. So, you know, I don't want to give the impression yeah. it's coming <laughs> off every five minutes. No, 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 no. I mean, it, 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 you know, you can go. Oh, I think we've only ever, in the three years we've been at Paul's, we've only had one uh, real yeah. incident. I see more of it on the streets when I'm doing outreach because you're in a different environment. You're, up, you're, in, you're on their patch on the yeah. street. You know what I mean? That's their patch. And they don't have to respect you at all because you should be respecting them. You know what I mean? Because the, the, the dynamic is different. Um, no, no, no. It's very, very few and far between. Very few and far between. Um, and you've got to, um, yeah, you've got to keep that in perspective. But you've also, as a team leader, I feel that if I'm taking these people into the centres, I have to know that the centre is completely it got my back and my and my team. Otherwise, I couldn't take people in there. I wouldn't feel I was doing the right thing. Uh, what, what's been a big help for us? Because uh, obviously, like, and this is why we take a long time to get back to people. There, there still is only <laughs> me and Blinda doing these things, and we get all these inquiries and that. Yeah. And yeah. Um, I think it was. I don't know what's happening. This I think it was early this year. It was that L'Oreal. We went to L'Oreal and they made us some videos. I had to do some face to camera videos. Okay. It was so painful that <laughs> they've they've, <laughs> they've cut bits out and put pictures in instead because uh, <laughs> I wasn't. I was. I can talk like this, but not to a, a script. You know what I mean? It was. Funny. Uh, uh. But we've got some great videos now. I'll send them to you as well. 
Oh, okay. Uh, and there, there, there's a video that uh, Blinda can now send a link to an email, and it's before we get into it, can you please watch this? And it's only a minute, you know, but we've got them for the centres and things like that. So we can lay out on this video, look, we expect you to, we'll do this, this and this, and we expect you to do this, this and this. Mm. And that really helps because otherwise you're talking about 10 or 12 back and forth emails just by them watching this video. So that, and we've got one for a volunteer. So if you get any inquiries outside of Blinder, we'll send you the video. You can just send them the link. It's, it makes it easy. Oh, yeah, that's a really good idea. That's a really good... Because I, I went out to India three years running with um, Schwarzkopf with their Shaping Futures programme. Yeah, yeah great. And, yeah. Um, and, and they do a lot of that, you know, because you get a lot of hairdressers say, oh, that's an amazing thing to do. I want to do it. And, and then once they start to show you the videos and, and give you a little bit of insight into it, it's amazing how many people think, mm, maybe not, yeah. for, for, for varying reasons. And, and, and so it sort of filters out, really, the people that like the idea of it, but not necessarily, for, for varying reasons, can't do it or it doesn't fit in with their life or or whatever it is, but it gives them a little insight. So it stops them from taking that, that further step um, and then you haven't got to deal with quite so many inquiries because yeah. they've already made their mind up <laughs> after it, watching it that it's not for them because it isn't for everybody. It, it's you know? been a great tool for us. You know, we're really grateful it for will it. Be. Uh, it will be. Know, a brilliant... uh, it will be. And was very generous of L'Oreal to do it for us because we went and done it. It's all been done properly and put together properly. Yeah, yeah. We used uh, Jack Eames. These are like, a lot of these are Jack Eames pictures. And he, he, okay. He's like he's done a lot of photographs for the British um, uh, awards and things for different mm. hairdressers. He's a great photographer, lovely yeah. man. He's been on the podcast. He's a really lovely fella, and he comes and does. He spends his own time and it's out of his own pocket to do our photos. But they yeah. create such strong images. Yes, uh, you know, it, it, and that's the thing. And we sometimes get people saying, "I don't think it's right. You're taking pictures of people and that." But it's such a powerful story message, you know, a story giver, like an image, you know, um, that really connects with people, you know, like to give us the message to come and join us. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, it does. It does. The pictures are amazing, particularly some of the before and afters. And, and yeah, it, it is amazing. It's really strange how some people do find it quite offensive, though, that, that we would want to put pictures and I had one person well I think I, I called you about it um one person really attacked me on social media because they've got the logo on the front of the the gown yeah like we were labeling them as something and I, I I couldn't quite grasp where that person was coming from and everybody's entitled to their opinion you know but that was quite a hard one for me. That I, I because I, that's the last thing I'd want to do is offend anybody or label anybody. But you have to understand that people do have different takes on things, so it's quite hard, isn't it, to sort of what you put out there and what what you don't, because you just don't know how people are going to react. But I just think sometimes just getting some of those pictures where we're looking down into the into the eyes or the face of the person and they're looking back at us, it speaks volumes, really. I think so. And I, I think uh, my defence is to it that, um, you know, that I've had a few things. I've had things about the name. Um, but 
I say to people, when I, when I first started doing this and I thought it might be a thing, I didn't think it would be a big thing. So I didn't <laughs> spend a lot of time <laughs> thinking about the name. Yeah, it was, <laughs> do you know what I mean? It, it's the, yeah. I mean, you can tell it hadn't got a lot of thought behind it. It's just haircuts for homeless. And, and it, I, yeah, I put the number four in. That's giving me nightmares because I always have to say, look, don't put F-O-R, put four. <laughs> so it's, if I'd have thought and put any time into that, I would have done. But the logo is sort of like, and, and the branding, I think what that does, uh, what's important, it, 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 gives, it gives us a professional look that we've got the sort of corporate brand in there as we are. Because, we, you know, it took us a long time to become a registered charity, mm-hmm. taken seriously. So uh, it gives us that feel, professionalism. And also I think that the teams feel more part of it when we've all got the T-shirt and the gowns. It's a big thing of, of, of feeling part of something for the, for the volunteers. Most definitely, most definitely. It gives you an identity. And the thing is, it's grown organically, hasn't it, Stuart? I mean, it was it was strange that you were saying that, you know, you watched this guy in New York cutting hair on the street. Well, I watched the same guy, and I yeah. was the same as you thinking, well, this is something we could do. And I was already working with the homeless then, um, but knew that actually cutting hair on the street would cause a lot of problems, a lot of problems, because we know from outreach if we stay around in one place for too long, things can develop, whereas if you're constantly moving through, do you see what I mean? So it went through my head. So when you were talking about it, I was thinking, well, you know, yeah, it makes total sense that that's something as hairdressers we can do for these people. And it just took one person, and it happened to be yourself, to, to run with it, and uh, but it's grown organically. And I think the simplicity of the logo, because it, it does what it says on the tin. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. know, it's headbutts for homeless. I can, you can't dress it up any other way. Yeah. And it, and it shouldn't be dressed up because it is what it is. Yeah. And then the logo actually was, I had, we used to have this diamond thing that I'd done on Vistaprint because I, I just yeah. <laughs> <done> <laughs> yeah. it myself. And it was just the, the stock stock logo thing, and I stuck yes. the name in. But then I had a young guy, Alex, who done us a very early doors. Like a couple of years in, he done us a great. He was studying for his degree, and he done us a great video about it all. Um, and it, I think it's still on. It's on YouTube, and that is really did a great job of it. Uh, very insightful for a young man, you know. Yes. Um, and his girlfriend at the time was doing design, so uh, she did this for us. And, you know, she just said, oh, look, I've done this. I don't know if you want to use it. And it was this sort of half a house, as it is, you know, that half a house. And and it, it's so strong. And, yes. I, you know, she just gave it to us. And, uh, oh, yeah, so thank you. But it's really stuck with yeah, bless you, know. you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But the simplest things I always think are the most, the strongest. Yeah. You try and get too clever about marketing and branding and all the rest of it, you almost lose the, the whole point of it. You, do you know what I mean? So I think, but I feel very proud, Stuart, extremely proud on that Tuesday mornings when I put my my black and white T-shirt on and I'm part of this and it makes me feel, yeah, and, and, and now we all connect. And, I mean, it would be quite nice in the future to sort of perhaps connect with other teams and yeah. come together at some some time and talk about different centres and, 
Do, do you know what I mean? Just meet other volunteers that, you know, from other parts of the country. But you do feel that you're part of something rather than you just going with a group of people to cut hair. And yeah, it's about being part of a community, really. Oh, Jane, that you just, just pulled tears in my eyes. That, oh, no, you sure, all, sorry. You made all the hairs on my arm set up because it was oh, like, sorry. when you said that about putting the T-shirt on, that's really, you know, like, it's just lovely that you said that. And, you know, it's been, oh, it's been, it's been a long road, you know, like yeah. six years, next month. Um, yeah. You know, and we was flying on a, on the crest of a wave, you know, like yeah. this year, and then to sort of have to sort of go back and, build it all up but you saying things like that it it is it's it's really sp- something special and it i is. i get keep getting told about this my, all this as if i've done this great thing as you said it's organic because yeah it, and it's just, it goes back to the sliding doors again because yeah. i saw it as you saw it but i was i was doing a lot of work around my recovery and doing i was in the salvation every monday giving out talks with a couple of other guys and we was doing this month uh, you know weekly talk and then you know it's that catalyst you know mark bustos put that stuff on i thought great but i'm you know i, I didn't if i think i think if i'd have gone out in the street and done it i don't think it would have lasted long for me no uh, but cuz i was at the Sally army i thought i'll just go there and do it and yeah. then it worked so well within a centre that that became our pilot and our format. And mm. now we are like, we're just a bolt on for any centres around the UK. We've got so many more to do that, 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 that we've worked it out now and the format works really well. We, you know, we don't miss a bit too much now. Uh, we've had to adapt, but, you know, uh, and there's, there's so much, so much further for us to go. Most definitely. And I think growing organically like that is, is so much, will, will be, it's, it's, it's secret of its longevity, if you know what I mean. Because something that's, it, it's just slowly, slowly grown and developed and it will be here for a long, long time. It will. You know what I mean. Whereas if you you go in all the razzmatazz and you have all the, as I say, try and try and do it to 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 how can I say professionally from the beginning, it, it's here one day and gone tomorrow. And I, I think it, you said sense? that earlier about it, the, the 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 thing that the guys going back to them because it's all about them is yeah. that they they need that consistency. Absolutely, That's the little thing. You know, you don't you don't make those connections like you do with that 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 lad you talked about. You don't do that on a on a one off. You know, so these big events and one off events, they're okay. They serve a purpose, but it's not what we're about. We want longevity and building relationships with people. It and is build. It is about building connections and relationships, and 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 these guys, you know. So when they when they talk to you, there's so many people that have come into their lives that have let them down. Yeah. Promised them everything and totally let them down. Yeah. And and we are there every six weeks. I'll see you in six weeks and I'm there. You know, I'll see you in six weeks and I'm there. And I it would, you know, I'd have to be dying not to be there. Do you know what I mean? Because I know that if I didn't go then I'm another person that's let them down. Yeah. We're another organisation that was talk, 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 but we never 
saw it through and that's that's where you you can't let them down because they've been let down all their lives really through one thing and another this that you brought up such a great point there because this i mean i've i've we've had our failures as well as our successes and we've got 67 sites that we're we're at the moment trying to get back back going but um there have been ones that have started and stopped and it breaks my heart, but I've, I had to let go because I realised I can't control. I can get them in place, but I can't control it after that. But what yeah. I don't like is the fact that the, we are another one of those that we turned up and we left. And we turned, yeah, I really, really, we mustn't mess about with people's lives. So no. if you're going to be doing it, like, please look long term. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's, you know, as I say, a lot of people like the sound of it. Um, and you know it is it is lovely the volunteering, but you you have got to have a certain amount of commitment to it because, as you say, you know you you owe it to these to these fellas to just keep keep that continuity going that 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 consistency going because you might be the only consistent thing that they've got. Yeah, often cases that mm. you find out once you start speaking that you are one of the only ones yes. that they've consistently got. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so it's it's great. It's it 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 feel it fills me. It fills me up. It just fills me, and and you know it's an incredible an incredible organisation, and I'm very very proud to be part of it. Well, <laughs> I think that sounds like an exit spill, <laughs> and that's a, that's a real good outro. <laughs> I got, yeah, okay, I, I, I can't write sum it up better than that. Um, so yeah, first first one done video. Sorry to not give you time to put your makeup on, but you know. <laughs> I know, I'm not all, I could have got all dressed up and looked like a glamorous hairdresser, but you know it what? Have been you. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter because it's all about the guys and it's all about the the um the, the charity and um yeah, we're um you know, we're, I, I just want to say before we do leave that we are looking for volunteers for the Birmingham yeah. branch. We've had a few people due to COVID um, that have had to change their businesses, the way they run their businesses, and therefore haven't got quite as much time or free yeah. time that they had before. I want to shout out a big, big thank you to all the people that have supported me. Um, but we do need a few more volunteers in the Birmingham area and they can get in touch with me on Facebook or yourself and Belinda yeah. will, will contact me with anybody. Yeah, um, I think she's already got a few ready to send. Yeah, yeah. Way, so. yeah, yeah. yeah. I, followed a, I followed a couple up this week. So, yeah, hopefully <laughs> yeah. that we'll keep bringing them through. It won't take her long. No. Anyway, thank you so much for your time today, Jane. And You're very, very welcome. It was I lovely actually to have a conversation because we don't yeah. get time to talk, do we? Because no. we're no. too busy cutting hair and yeah, yeah. doing what yeah. we do. So it's really nice to have a conversation yeah. just one-to-one. Yeah. Well, sort of. There's a few other people. Sort of. actually. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there's nobody out there really we're just talking to ourselves well, we've enjoyed it so there's nothing lost of we have. <laughs> thanks a lot jane thank you Stuart. god bless you bye and you it's just over five years ago i did something that changed my life what it did more than i could have ever realized it helped me I have met some absolutely amazing people, some of the people that work in some of these places. Many of them are volunteers, 
but some of them, it is their job. This is more than a job, this is a calling. <laughs>